Hello, everyone, and welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you tips, tools, and resources to help you discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, holistic health and mindfulness coach, Amanda Bickham. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Driven for Purpose podcast, Reconnecting Mankind. I'm here to bring you a special interview with Steve Little. A little bit about our background today on Steve. He is an acclaimed serial entrepreneur, investor, philanthropist, and merges and acquisitions expert, well-known for generating accelerated value growth and extraordinary high acquisition value multiplies for his clients. So he sold his first company at age 15 for nearly $250,000 and never looked back. He has led six successful startups for his own to private acquisitions of over $120 million each. He's provided explosive growth and a lucrative $100 million acquisitions for dozens more. First, with top-tier Silicon Valley venture firms and in the past several years as founder and merging of Zero Limits Ventures. So I'm really excited to bring you on today, Steve, for our interview. And one of the things that you had shared with me when we were first talking, something that really spoke out to me, which is why I decided to name the title of this interview, was how my serial success helped me realize that I had it backwards all along. And when I read your bio, there's so much success that's embedded in that. And I'd love to just kind of jump right on in and let you introduce yourself and a little bit about how in the world you've had it backwards or you realize that you've had it backwards in that journey. Sure. Well, great. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for the introduction. And I'm glad to talk about this. I think this is a, it's a seed component of my current purpose. So, you know, I'm always happy to talk about that and uh, sort of encapsulating uh, some of what you shared. I've had a, a very successful career. I've been very blessed. You know, I'll be 60 in a year. And, and I look back at all the companies I've built and all the people I've employed and all the money I've made and the charities and uh, causes I've been involved in. And, and it's all been a great blessing. But honestly, for the first, you know, I'm going to say close to 30 years of that, I didn't recognize it as that. So I had extraordinary financial success is making ridiculous sums of money, frankly, it was sort of embarrassing. But I didn't experience that as success. You know, I mean, I came out of a family, I'm, you know, at my age, my parents were children of the depression generation, right? So we had inbred in us uh, a work ethic that life is hard and you go to school and you get a job and you work for about 40 years and then somehow magically in the end, it's all going to work out and you're going to be sipping umbrella drinks on the beach, right? (laughs) But what I discovered along the way is, well, that's a big fat lie. That's not true at all. And that's not how it works. And uh, But I fallen into that trap that that was the way of thinking is that you strive, 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 earn, 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 rat hole as much money as you can away. And that uh, that's what it was all about is, you know, more and more success, success, money, money, title, title, whatever. And uh, while I was on that path, sort of on that uh, hamster wheel, I guess, I did very well with it. But financially, 
And I wasn't saying I walked around like sad sack, but I will tell you that uh, it got to a point in my life where it hurt so much to go to work. I, I experienced not just emotional distress, but physical pain. Uh, to drive to work every day because I really hated everything about my life at that time, except for the fact that I was financially independent and secure. And so I had a big wake-up call one day where literally nothing happened to me. I just had a realization that said, you know, this is sort of a BS way to live. I mean, there's got to be something more than just more of this, right? So, you know, that's sort of the epiphany I had. And and I uh, wish that I had uh, made a quick decision and, and a quick turn. I didn't. I, or I sort of compare it to like there's a an ocean liner that turns and that takes about a half hour to turn. And then there's a jet that turns and that takes a split second. So I wish I'd been the jet, but I was the ocean liner, right? And But I eventually got on a different path and recognized that life and success, the real success, the true success, the, the success that you can feel, you can enjoy you can experience is very different. And it's really not dependent on money at all. It's dependent on a lot of other things. So I just had that awakening. And uh, since then, have really focused most of my attention on uh, looking for ways to, to express myself and have the kind of impact on the world that I really want to be left with. Wow. So much is in that. And I feel like there's so much that is really speaking and speaks a lot to my audience here. A lot of what, you know, has been coming through with some of the younger generations of men who I've been working with who are in their 20s and 30s is that we've looked up to our fathers who are 50 and older. And you guys are, I love that what you spoke to of coming from parents being raised in the Great Depression, where there was a lot of scarcity mentality, where there's this old school idea of what it means to be successful. And even a lot of immigrants, right? who mm-hmm. you had to work your ass off in order just to survive and then continue to work in order to build a comfortable life for you and your family. And I think now we're really starting to re-examine and look at that old story and start to realize that, like you said, I was going to work and I was absolutely in so much pain and I was miserable. And I'm curious for you, what made that turn? You said there wasn't anything in particular, but yeah. you know, how old were you? You said it took you a little bit longer. Was there something that happened that kind of made you other than the physical pain or what was the pivot point when you were yeah. finally like waking up, if you will? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And the contrast that I would draw there is I have a lot of contemporaries, successful people my age who had, uh, who had an event, you know, they had a heart attack or they had something that caused them to sort of snap to and say, well, what the heck am I doing here? You know, this is not at all what I had in mind, right? Yeah. Um, what, what I meant is I didn't have one of those. I didn't have a heart attack. I didn't have a catastrophic life-changing experience. I had more of a gradual metamorphosis. It was like a slow realization that, wow, the road I've been on, the things, the, the values I've lived by, the, the things that have motivated me, they're not the things that are core to my being. They're not the things that I'm really all about. They're not really the person I am. And by golly, I made a decision that said, I'm going to live into the life that I really want to live into. I'm going to be the person who makes the change. I'm going to be the person who inspires others to find their path, find their calling, find their purpose, and go forward into that, sort of live into that purpose. So that's what I meant 
my epiphany was really sort of a gradual personal growth journey or personal transformation. Um, there were things that contributed to it, doing what I was doing, you know, working uh, directly with uh, top tier venture firms, tremendous amount of stress, tremendous amount of pressure, you know, tremendous amount of risk each and every day. I mean, I, I, at the one, you know, in one dimension, I thrived on that. On the other dimension, I was horrified by it. <laughs> so, sort of that experience every day. Um, but none of it was allowing me to sort of express me. People met me, and unfortunately, a lot of times, still to this day, people read my bio, they read my background, and they have this vision of me or this image of me as being sort of this bombastic, you know, company executive, you know, blah, 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 right? But this is not at all who I am. I'm a deeply spiritual person, you know, who's very focused on purpose and giving and doing. What I learned is that the real pathway to success is being the person that has the success you want. Now, it sounds sort of odd, but if you allow yourself to see success in a holistic view, not just how much money you make, not just the things you have. I mean, as we all can accept that you can't take any of that with you. What do you want to leave behind? For me, it was a great epiphany. I had a, I was working with a shaman in the rainforest and sort of the, the conversation in, uh, in our vernacular was, what do you want to be on your tombstone? And I thought about it. Not, uh, it, it came to me instantly. I want to be remembered as he brought joy into my life. Mm. And that has nothing to do with money. Right? Mm. It has nothing to do with how many companies I've built. It has nothing to do with any of that. Right? It has to do with really being focused on driving forward into being a person who would bring joy to others. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I love that. And there's a couple areas that I feel are important and are great topics to dive into. One of which is this idea, and I know we talked about this a little bit before, you had this old story that you were living by, which was, I need to make a lot of money so that I can do what I want. Yeah. I, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is an old story, right? And this is one of the areas that really pains me the most when I hear this. It's like, and it never really made sense to me, which is why I chose to be on the entrepreneurial path. It's like, why am I going to suffer throughout the majority of my youth when I'm active and mobile and the most capable and have the most energy just to do something so that one day when I'm old and fragile, I can retire and do the things that I never was able to do that I would have enjoyed more at my youth, right? Yes. And the sad reality is most people never find their way back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I don't think there's anything random in the universe. I mean, we can debate that, but I just don't think there is. I think everybody's here. Uh, with and for a purpose. Everybody has their own innate talent, their own being, their own energy, their own light, if you will. And it's really up to us to express that as creatively and energetically, as powerfully as we possibly can. And when you allow, as you described, the story to literally put a damper over that or put a filter over that and say, well, yeah, but you got to, you have to, if you want to feed starving children and in Africa, if you want to house the homeless in Haiti, you got to make a lot of money first. So defer that thing you want to do and focus on making a lot of money first so that you can then go do it. But it doesn't work that way. It mm -hmm. just doesn't work that way. The way it really works is, well, maybe you can't actually feed a whole village, but maybe you can feed a single kid. 
mm-hmm. you know, 50 bucks, right? So you start there and then it's 150, then it's 1500, then it's 5,000, then it's 10,000, then it's 100,000. And yes, you are working and building the financial wherewithal to continue to grow that giving, that contribution that you want to make to the world. It's not always about giving money away. It's a lot of it's about just doing things, right? But, but whatever it is for you, don't let this rule of, well, you got to do this first and then you can do that. No, no, no. If that's what you want to do, you start doing it right now today. You find a way to do, even if it's a little thing. I was talking to uh, one of the other folks that we met at the summit recently, and uh, he had the same sort of epiphany. It was like, well, you think that, okay, well, in order for me to have a big enough impact, I have to be making a ton of money, or I have to have a big reserve, right? Whatever it is. And he had the same realization that, no, actually, I can start right now. I can afford to give 75 bucks here. I can afford to give an hour of my time there. I can afford to contribute uh, this old car over there. And what happens is it pushes you into this contextual framework of giving and contributing. You start scanning, literally scanning the world around you for opportunities for you to contribute what you have to contribute. And what what changes is pretty soon what you're contributing is the stuff that's deep in your soul, that's deep in your heart, the stuff that when you let it out, you let that light shine on other people, they receive that joy, they receive that gift, right? And that does bring joy to people. I mean, there's lots of different sort of trite and canned ways to say it, but really it's about being grateful for what you have, recognizing that whatever you have, you've been given for the sole purpose of passing it on to someone else. So think about, I don't have to be rich in order to be nice. I don't have to be rich in order to contribute what I know to someone who needs to know what I know. I don't need to be rich to hand to put a hand out and help somebody up, right? I can do all those things. And here's the thing. What you'll find is that every time you reach out, every time you contribute, every time you give, every time you focus on helping somebody else, the rewards do in fact come back to you 10 or 100 fold. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know I, I don't mean to speak in a particular spiritual context, but that's a biblical principle. That's foundational principle to the universal laws of energy, whether you think in terms of law of attraction or whether you think in terms of tithing in Christian sense. It's the same basic premise. You give and then you receive. <laughs> it's not I wait to receive so that I can give. You see what I'm saying? So that's really what it's about, is finding a way. First of all, starting with, what do you want to do while you're here, right? What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be on your, what do you want the, on your tombstone? What do you want? What do you want to be contributing to others? Now, it doesn't have to be anchored in stone, but pick something right now and then ask yourself, what can I do right now to make a move on that? I feel like there's, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying and I feel that that's so important. And what I feel like I've seen in my clients who are of the younger generation and in their 30s is there's a lot of fear around, there's just this, this old programming, right? That like, I can't do, again, going back to, I can't do what I really want until I have X, Y, or Z. And it really is this reprogramming. And I, I love what you spoke to around Start here, start now, and start to change the story. Start to change the story of it's not if, then, but rather now, I can. 
And once you start channeling your energy in that way, all of a sudden, so many other doors start to open up and you start to see the empowerment that lies in this moment instead of the disempowerment that you're waiting for something to happen in the future. One of the things that I'm really wanting to share with a lot of the men out there is, and when I host men circles, one of the topics that often comes up is, what does it mean to be a successful man? And when I listen to what the men have shared, it's, you know, you need to be strong, you need to be stable, you need to be secure, you need to be the backbone, you need to be successful, you need to have monetary, you need to provide. And there's so much that has been put on the shoulders of our men, and yet we haven't really given them the space to talk about it and even create the space to reflect and say, wait a second, this is who created this story about what right. it means to be a successful man? And is this truly what I believe it means to be a successful man? And something that I feel like is so powerful about your story, Steve, is the fact that you're like, wait a second, what does success mean? What does it mean to me? And is it in alignment with what I truly or how I truly want to show up for the world? That's really vitally important. Is you, That story that you're describing is programming that has been, it really has been placed on us. Everybody, not just men, but, sure. but since we're talking about the man's story, it has been, you know, and I'm not saying it as if it's a, you know, if it's a, you know, some sort of horrible evil being done. It's just, it's not the truth. It's just a story, okay? And here's what you know, is that the bottom line is this. At the age of five, somewhere between five and nine, right? Every human experiences this. You have an experience. You make a decision that that experience means something about you. And then you live the entire remainder of your life into that belief about what it means about you. Mm-hmm. And if the decision you made is a decision like, oh, life is hard, you have to work your ass off and sacrifice, and only the best of the best actually win it and get to the top, or whatever the story is, then that's the life you'll experience. That's the life you'll live into because it creates a belief infrastructure that you live into. If you want to know what you believe, look at what you're experiencing. If it's not what you want, don't fight to change the experience change what you believe. When you change what you believe, your experience changes with it. And so the point here that you're making is right on. What I did is I looked at, well, okay, so this is the experience I'm having and it's not the experience I want to be having. Mm -hmm. It's not even the experience I truly believe in. If this is my experience, what must I believe? Well, at the time, what I believed was that in order for me to be in a position to make the contributions I wanted to make, I needed to sacrifice virtually every other aspect of my life. I missed my child, my kids, uh, raising my kids. I was completely absent Mm. during the first daughter's uh, childhood years, right? Because I was working all the time, traveling, Mm. right? I believed, you know, I convinced myself that, well, this is a sacrifice I'm making so that I can give to my family later, Mm right? Right. And we're really good at compartmentalizing. The human mind, in particular the male human mind, is really particularly good at putting things in compartments. Listen, it's even in our vernacular. We actually say things like my work life, my family life, my love life, right? My friend life. I mean, but how many lives do you really have? You really have one. 
But we live as if I can borrow time from my family life, like, sorry, I can't make it to the birthday party tonight, son, okay? (laughs) And invest it in my work life. Hey, I'm going to go on that trip and try to close that deal. As if that work life is somehow going to pay a dividend to that family life. That never happens. There's never a dividend paid. There's never a day where your son says, boy, I sure am glad you missed my birthday party. (laughs) That doesn't happen. Right. So what ends up happening is you keep falling into this trap over and over and over. It's grounded in beliefs that are not truths that were programmed into you in your youth. And the good news is you can make different decisions, change the beliefs and completely alter your experience. And that's really what's going on here. So it falls back to really sorting through. Um, what you believe versus what you want to believe, right? So there's a million different ways to do this. One of the ways that I have uh, uh, used to help others down this journey is I have them make a list of the things they have in their lives that they do not want. You know, it might be stress, might be anger, might be fear, might be, it's usually a pretty big list, like several pages of paper, right? If you really let somebody go. All right. And then if you look at that list, you'll discover there are real patterns. There are ways that you can say that oh, all of these are linked back to that, that childhood experience I had. I, I, would, I became convinced in that moment that this was what life was. Mm-hmm. And so I now have lived into that for the past 25 or 30 years. And now it's become rooted in my being. But it's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. It's not a giving me. It's not delivering on the promise, it's creating a nightmare for me. Okay, so change the belief. Mm-hmm. Look at that information and, and use a different interpretation of what that information was telling you, right? Yeah. A large part of, a lot of this is the work that I do with, with clients is really giving them the space to begin to create this conscious conversation with themselves and to create mm-hmm awareness because another belief is that there's not enough time. And that's something that you kind of shared with your experience of like, oh, I don't have time to go to the son's birthday because I have to do this. I have to do that. And it's really giving yourself the space to actually be real with yourself and stop chasing what it is that you've been told that you need to chase your whole life. So if anybody's watching, I know Steve, you are listening. I know Steve, that you shared that, you know, you're a very spiritual man. And I think Think that spirituality piece can be can be in all different kinds of contexts, right? However, just even creating space in your life to connect with you and the authentic part of you that is really waiting to be heard, that is really waiting to be listened to, which so often we don't do in our lives. And I think that it's one of the yeah. most important things that we could possibly anyone could do is just create space to actually listen, to actually listen to the story. And realize that there is a person who is listening to the story. And that person is the person who can change the story. Once you create that Mm -hmm. distance between self and story or self and belief, you can begin to realize that the narrator is indeed you. Always been narrating. And at any point when you wake up, when you become consciously aware, you can start to change that story. Now, of course, as you mentioned, oftentimes... It's been happening since you were five years old. So it's patterned and programmed. However, with the right tools and the right help and the right support, 
you can begin to bring awareness and change these old patterns, habits, and limiting beliefs. Yeah, no, that's absolutely the truth. It's 100% true. You're the main attraction on the stage and you're the director at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? And if you want to act out the story that you have, which is based on limiting beliefs, on unreal decisions that you made, then that's fine. If you want to change the story, then you just create a different role and you change the story. So that's what I mean by, you know, we're human beings, we're not human doings, right? You want to be the person, right? So, you you know, be the person you want to be, not just do the things that you think you need to do, right? So um, I think that there's just so much underneath that. And a day, what's tricky and, and what I encourage people to do is develop a, a, a capacity for stepping into the observer. Here's the way I look at it. Every time there's an upset, whatever kind it is, whether it's fear, anxiety, anger, any negative feeling you're having at any instant of any day, that is a memory. It's a limiting belief. It's a subconscious belief that is trying to run a program It's trying to make you act in a specific kind of way that's based on this set of decisions that you made when you were young. And if those aren't the things that are supporting you, then you want to develop a habit of saying, hmm, isn't it interesting that that guy pulling in front of me right there really made me angry? Now, what's interesting about that is, what do we normally do? Honk the horn, yes, son of a gun, you know, blah, 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 whatever, right? But if we can stop ourselves and say, hmm, isn't it interesting that I really feel angry in this second? And the fact of the matter is that guy probably doesn't even know we did it, right? Mm-hmm. It's certainly, you know, 90% of the time it wasn't intentional. If it was intentional, maybe he's on his way to the hospital or something. Who knows, right? You don't know. But the decision you made is that somehow that took something from you, which is not true, right? It's just a reaction. So you're having a reaction to an experience and that reaction is programmed in you. Mm-hmm. You can change that programming. You can make a different decision, right? Mm-hmm. You can have a different reaction based on a new decision. You can change your perspective on that from being one of frustration and anger to being one of compassion. Say, wow, that guy must be in a big hurry. Ooh, glad I didn't get in front of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what it does for you, it's the benefit is for you, not for them. The benefit is for you is it shifts your energy completely allows you to be exactly what you described, and it allows you to be the creator. You get to create the experience you have in your life every single instant of every single day, and no one can take that away at all. You get to choose. You get to choose every instant of every day, whether you're smiling or whether you're frowning, whether you're contributing or whether you're taking, right? Whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're healthy, whether you're not. You make every single decision all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. Empowerment at its best. One of the things that I really love in this podcast is called Driven for Purpose, right? And it's really all about kind of starting to shift that story around why not driven for success, right? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like something that you shared with me is driven for purpose. Like your success can be rooted in your purpose, which is so much more fulfilling. And something that's come up both when we were talking earlier a couple weeks ago before having this call was how you're working men are really good at going getting there men are really good at resiliency men are really good at just pushing through holding down their teeth they have grit right 
And I think that although this can really serve us in some ways in shapes and forms, it can also really do a lot of damage on our physical and emotional well-being. But because men generally are so strong, they can push forward. However, one of the things that we had talked about earlier, and I have it written down here in my notes, are how do you have the kind of success you want and be the person you want and let that passion for your purpose drive you? And I think that that's a huge key contributor in not creating burnout, right? You can really easily burn out if you are just doing what it is you feel you need to do in order to get to where it is you feel you need to be. But if Mm -hmm. you could change the story around what is my purpose? And that purpose is fueled by the flame of passion. And then, and I'm sure you and having this shift, when you're working from passion and you're working from purpose, all of a sudden it's like the energy is moving through you. The energy is propelling you. You don't need to do anything because it's like you have the force of source or God or whatever, the universe working with you. And I'm curious if you could speak a little bit to that in your own experience or anything that resonates from that kind of concept of having your passion be your success and your purpose be the fuel that fires that. Yeah, no, that's it's really beautiful you're saying that because it's so true. And what you're contributing to other people by helping them reach that is so powerful, not just for them, for all of us, because really, you know, everything's energy and we're part of this massive energy field. So the, the more we can help people step into their greatest power, the more we have and the more beneficial it will be for everybody. But specific sense, yeah, I think it begins with an understanding of your purpose. Now, a lot of people struggle with, wow, my purpose is, my purpose is raising my kids. No, purpose is bigger than that. I think it's a worthwhile endeavor for everyone to find a purpose revelation exercise that works for them. There's a couple that I've used and there's a couple that I help other people with, but there's a lot of them out there. None of them are any better than the others. Something's going to work for you, right? And for me, my the revelation of purpose is that I create to make others' lives better. That's my purpose. That's what I'm here to do. So in everything I do, I look for the opportunity to create and I look for the benefit that it's going to create for other people, whether it's helping people dial in on their fitness and nutrition because I'm a former champion bodybuilder. I know how to do that. Or whether it's helping people in business understand how to build a more sustainable, more enjoyable, more holistic experience, a joy experience at their work or in their business they create and how they can do that and deliver that for all the employees they hire as well. Right. So. Uh, whether it's um, helping uh, save the rainforest by contributing in a significant way, not just financially and monetarily, but getting on the ground and being the person that steps in when is necessary to, to actually make a contribution directly to that cause, right? So there's just a lot of different things that emerge. And, and really, it's, it's all grounded in that element of purpose. And it creates a filter for you. Once you have it, you can literally look at any experience or any opportunity and, and ask the question, how can I use this opportunity to advance my purpose? It's a filter. It takes out all the crap that's not going to contribute to purpose that would be ultimately unrewarding to you, even if successful, right? But would also allow you to pass through that, the, the stuff that's not going to get you there and actually see a pathway to doing the thing or being the person that actually contributes in the significant way you want to contribute. 
it's just a much easier way to live. I mean, a lot of people ask me about my morning routine uh, because I feel that the accomplishment of your day is grounded in that first 15 minutes. Whatever you're doing in that first 15 minutes is going to set the course for the day. The good news is you get to reset it tomorrow if you miss today, right? But, but still, if you invest the energy to get on that course, that purpose-driven course in the morning, first thing, the likelihood of you falling off of that is very, very small. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I used to do a lot of journaling. I did a gratitude journal and I did an intention journal and I did an affirmation journal. And because I'm sort of action-oriented and activator, I tend to sort of go overboard. And what I found one night, you'd laugh at this, I was you know, in my journal practice, right? So I was trying to get ready for bed and I was writing into my gratitude journal. I was very, and I was falling asleep while I was writing and I was struggling. It was, oh, it's so I got it. Oh, it's so painful. And all of a sudden I woke up and realized that, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've taken the opportunity to create something beautiful and I've made it work. Yeah. Okay. And this is the kind of thing, it's like a subconscious thing, right? I didn't even realize I had done it. And I'd been doing it for weeks, right? I'd have been suffering through this for weeks. And so I realized that, oh, well, no, no, no. The purpose of the journaling is not work. That's not what's going to contribute to this. That's not what's going to help me become the person I want to be. So I actually tried something radically different. I stopped journaling altogether. Now, I'm not, if you journal, journal. I'm not saying don't do it. Don't necessarily follow my lead. But for me, I think I'd been doing that kind of practice so long that I was pretty well connected with, you mentioned universal source, and, and I sort of see things metaphysically that way as well, that I tried something brand new the next morning. Instead of doing all that journaling, I grabbed my coffee, I went out on my quiet spot, which is out on my porch, and I sat there and I came up with this mantra, and I spoke the mantra to the universe. I said, you know that I know that I can't do this without you, so teach me. Mm. And I went into my meditation. While I was in my meditation, which was deeper than usual that day for whatever reason, you know, no mistakes, nothing random. And what I got was very clear, very clear vision of what I was to do that day. This is what you need to do today in terms of delivering on the accomplishment that I had in my intention. And I did it. And it was a wildly successful experience. And I felt joyful and I felt just amazing at that opportunity, right? And other people got great benefit from what I had done that day as well. And so all of it worked. And it was like, yes, there's a perfect day of purpose right there. Okay. I just got to do another one of those tomorrow. right? So interestingly, I figured, hey, that seemed to work yesterday. Let's give her a go again today. So I did the same thing. I got a similar kind of inspiration. It was a different direction for the day. But I chose not to do it. Guess what happened? More space. I had a crap day. (laughs) You know, it was just, it was a struggle all the way. It was a battle every minute. It was a problem every time I turned around. There were people unhappy all around me. I was late for dinner. I was late for my daughter's ballet. I was, oh my God, it was horrible. You know, now I don't usually get upset about those things. I just sort of throw up my hands and go, hey, you know, I ran as hard as I could run all day. I could never catch up. And I'm sure everybody's had that experience. I don't know, you miss something first thing and you're behind the rest of the day no matter what you do, right? And it's exasperating, it's exhausting, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a crisis, but you're tired and you're frustrated and you're, ah. And so I kept repeating this days in, days out. Some days I would follow, some days I wouldn't. 
And generally speaking, I can say with confidence that when I go with that inspired action, I win. I contribute. I do the things that I'm here to do. I get them done. The days I don't, I struggle. So then the question becomes, well, Steve, how long have you been doing this? Oh, about 20 years. Yeah. And you still have days where you don't get it done? Yep. <laughs> yep. This never goes away. It's not like you reach this state of enlightenment and you never have a problem for problem day in your life. You continue to struggle in a world that we're here. I mean, this world, it's our canvas. It's what we're here to work on, right? So I like to say, hey, the day you're done is the day you're dead. Yeah. So don't rush to get done. <laughs> Just keep working into it, right? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I don't know if that helps or not, but that's an interesting context that I'm able to live with now. I can live into every day knowing that everything that's happening or everything that comes around me is an opportunity for me to express this purpose, and to take hold of the world and, and be the person who creates that joy. Uh, if, it, if, if only for me, then fine. But if for people around me, then great. I love the fact that you shared about the morning routine. This is one of the things that I have clients do immediately is create and establish a morning routine because I really feel like we've been, again, programmed that giving back to yourself is selfish. We've been programmed that you need to get up, you need to go give to everyone else, you need to even feed your body so that you can go to the job, so that you can support the family, so that you can, you know, X, Y, or Z. And I think that it's really important having a morning routine and getting grounded in yourself and your intention. And I love the fact also a lot of the things that I have my clients do are journal and meditate and gratitude practices. And another thing that you mentioned is like, you don't have to do these things forever, but you do them until they become a part of your everyday life. You do them until they are a part of you. And in that, you begin to really, again, find who you are beyond the story that we've told ourselves, beyond the looking outside to find approval. You really begin to find out who you are and what makes you soar. And that's a big part, again, moving back to the passion and the purpose. and That's the only way to get there. I mean, truthfully, it's the only way. Other, and it, there's no other path. You mentioned something. I'll just add something to it. Is You have to spend that time. You have to allow yourself to love yourself. You just do, right? And believe it or not, people do not sit around and do this. They don't even consider themselves a lot of the time. Most people have this talk about how they're somehow not measuring up or how that's driving the striving. It's, you know, it's pushing, it's pushing, it's pushing pulling, 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 right? And But what's really grounded in there, what's really missing is that they, they think that they need to prove something. They think they need to earn something in order to be loved, in order to be self-actualized, in order to, they're like, they got to earn it. You don't have to earn it. You just have to be it, mm-hmm. right? You declare it and then you live into it. That's how you do it, right? So I remember, um, if I could tell you a quick anecdotal story, I spent uh, several weeks working with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Hugh Len uh, in Hawaii. He's a, he teaches an ancient uh, Hawaiian healing technique called Ho'oponopono, which is an extremely powerful clearing technique for all of these memories that tangle us and wrap us up and make us do the things that we don't want to do. Right. So it's a mechanism. It's a tool that I use for clearing. I was going through my journaling that day because I, I was still very actively journaling at the time, and he was there with me, and we were talking. And, and he said, so, you know, what do you do with that? I said, well, I, I read it. He goes, but you wrote it. I said, yeah, but I read it. So I program it in. And he looked at me and laughed. He goes, 
Yeah, but it's programmed in. You wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Your subconscious mind already gave it to you. I mean, yeah, you can keep reading it if that's what you want to spend your time doing, but but you already know what your intentions are, Mm. (laughs) right? What's important is that you live into those intentions, not that you keep writing them, right? So that was for me. I think journaling is very powerful in getting this creative energy into a form that you can actually program into your mind because it's the act of writing that created that programming, right? And then as you continue to grow and learn, you begin to recognize that, oh, now that I've opened this, this pathway, now I've opened this source, now I can, I can move through it much more freely, right? It's much more freeform. I can call upon it at any time to help me deal with an emotional upset or a life upset, a, you know, a business upset. I mean, people ask me a lot, do you actually use this kind of thing every day in business? Every day, every call. Mm-hmm. I can be on the phone with a prospective buyer or a client or dealing with a, you know, I got just as much stress and strain as any other businessman out there, right? And so I'm dealing with those issues all the time. And I will literally be on the phone with someone who's in upset and I'm playing that whole Pono Pono mantra in the back of my mind And it's not at all unusual for that practice to completely shift the energy on that phone call, create something entirely new out of the experience on that phone call, simply because I'm pouring that energy in to that experience, right? And so that's how you make it part of who you are, right? And people will say, hey, you you can always tell when Steve comes into the room, there's so much positive energy. Well, that's a great compliment to me. Because if I know that I'm pushing that positive energy out there, then I'm having a positive impact on you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the main reason, so many of the interviews that I have on this podcast are from men who are over 50 and considered successful and are in our life and the way that we view success. And I know that there's a lot of wisdom from the years of having gone down this journey. I'm curious if you were able to tell your 30-year-old self some words of wisdom or some advice that would have helped you on your path to success, not just financially, but also mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. If there was something that you could have told your 30-year-old self that would have made it easier for you what would that be? And for all of the listeners out there who are in this place of really wanting to be successful in all areas and wanting to be happy, how would you translate the wisdom of what you've learned along the way to the 30-year-old self? You know, it's tricky because a lot has to do with the capacity for hearing, right? So it wouldn't be just what I'm saying. It's whether or not that person was ready to hear what I was saying. And I think that I would sort of start there is that, look, you know, you may or may not be ready to hear what I'm about to say. And if you're not, that's okay. But listen anyway, because you'll hear it in the future when you need it most, right? Mm. So sort of a reassurance there that says, even if you can't hear it now, let it go, let it go in, let it sink in. You can argue with it if you want. Let it sink in because you will, in fact, come back to this someday in the future, right? And I think the biggest thing is you have to allow yourself to recognize that you're here for a purpose. You're here for good. You're, not either, you're here to have a positive influence on everyone else around you. That's your role is to push as much positive energy into the universe as possible. And where that starts is with yourself. You have to love yourself. You have to allow yourself to love yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to have a conversation that says, I'm okay. I'm a good 
human. I'm here to do and be good. I'm here to drive good into the universe. I'm here to make a contribution to others. That's what I'm here for. How I do it, I don't know yet, right? But I'm going to look for ways and I'm going to step into those ways, right? So it starts with yourself and then it starts with stepping into that purpose. It changes, you know? My life purpose wasn't always the same thing. It changes over time because your capacity changes over time. You get more skillful. You get more enlightened. You become more aware. You become more conscious to your role in the universe. You become more cognizant of the energy that's around you, right? And as you do, you have increased capacity, increased power to influence in a positive way the lives of others, right? And so it really begins with yourself. Stop. Give yourself a break love yourself, then get in touch with what it is you want to do. I don't mean what you want to do for a job. I don't mean what you want to do for a profession. I mean what you want to do every day. How do you want your day to look? Mm. Right? Map that out and then literally step into that. Okay? Mm. What would have to happen in order for me to be the person who has that, who enjoys that kind of life? Right? Mm. So if you want the lifestyle of a millionaire, then be the person who would have the lifestyle and you will have it, right? If you want the lifestyle of a philanthropist, then do that. If you want the lifestyle of a a corporate executive, then be the person who would do that, right? And that's what will happen for you. That's the way it works. We have it as if, you know, it's what we do. We sort of have it that we believe based on our experiences, Right. And what I would encourage people to understand is that it's the other way around. You have the experiences you have based on what you believe to be true. So if you're not having the experience you want right now, ask yourself the question, what must I believe to be true? Who must I be in order to have this experience? I must be someone who doubts or fears or questions or whatever it might be. So change the belief, change the experience. If you try to struggle with the experience, you won't win that because you have a core belief that says it's supposed to be what you're struggling against, right? Wow. Very good. What a beautiful golden nugget of wisdom here that you shared with us. I absolutely resonate. I found that to be true in my own life and in the lives of others who continue to come and seek and are ready for change. And I hope that any person listening here, if there's anything that you take away is exactly what was shared. Hopefully you take more than, than just this last little golden nugget. But absolutely, I think that that's one of the most powerful things that when we can begin to understand that our true power lies from within and that we are the creators of our reality, that's when we really begin to see and experience the success in whatever measure that we desire actually come to fruition and actually come to life, which is yeah. An experience. It shows up almost like magic, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the thing that I chuckle every time I see it and I chuckle it every time I see somebody have the experience for the first time where it's like somebody, you struggle with this notion that you can believe your way into something, right? It's just like, that ah, sounds too woo-woo, you know, too crazy, right? How could that possibly be? But when you have the experience, you recognize it. Oh, now I get it. I see what happens here. And now you can exercise that muscle, right? You can exercise that ability and you become more and more capable, more and more powerful, more and more empowered, more and more impactful, right? 
and it becomes second nature. And that's the point at which you recognize that, wow, this really isn't about doing. Mm. It really isn't. It's about being. <laughs> Aho to that, brother. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on and for doing the work that you're doing and for being so open and transparent about your life and your struggles amongst the success and really, truly just doing the work of walking on the path, which I'm so happy. One of the things that you shared with me in the beginning before we hopped on live was, dang, it took me a while, but I finally figured it out. (laughs) I think that just by, by being open and transparent and then sharing that, hopefully your words of wisdom and can translate down to the younger generation so that we can figure it out sooner rather than later. And, um, is there anything, any way or anything that you want to share with anyone else that's learning? Maybe even if you want to connect, if they want to connect with you or see what you're doing, or I'm not sure if that's in your sphere or in your vortex, but is there anything that you want to give or share to anyone? Maybe? Sure. So what I do professionally may or may not be relevant uh, to your audience, and that's okay, but they can still find me through that pathway. Clearly, I'm here to hear and open and open to listening. If they go to the website, which is zerolimitsventures.com forward slash access, there's a way to, there's some information that they might find interesting, if not directly applicable to them in their business. But there's a, there's a way to, to register to spend some time with me on the phone. And I'm happy to do that whenever I can. Awesome. I really appreciate that. I think, you know, sometimes our direct parents, right, may not always be there for us or may not even be available to us. And I know that for a lot of, uh, all of us, I believe, no matter what generation you're in, there's a lot of intergenerational healing that we're all working through. And so I really appreciate you making yourself available. And I hope that people listening do, if there is some sort of amazing wisdom you'd like to glean from Steve and even just in a conversation where he can be one pillar, one guide on your path, I think it's incredibly, incredibly important. And I really appreciate you making yourself available both to me and taking the time for this podcast as well as to others who may be listening. So thank you truly for sharing your wisdom and your insights and doing the work that you're doing. I am so happy to have you on here and I look forward to the next time we connect, whether it's at New Summit or online or who knows where the world may take us. Right. Well, you are very welcome. Your audience is very welcome and thank you for the opportunity to share. I very much appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next week on the Driven for Purpose podcast, Reconnecting Mankind. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content. And together, we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.